Welcome to Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Robbie Straczynski, and thanks so much for joining us on episode number seven of Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town. On this episode, we have the pleasure of welcoming Lynn Gilmartin. Lynn is the anchor for the World Poker Tour, a member of the Australian Poker Hall of Fame, and one of the most congenial, positive, respected, and well-liked personalities in poker today. It really is such a pleasure to get to speak with you, Lynn. Welcome to the Cards Chat Podcast. Oh, what a lovely introduction. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to speak to you always. Thank you. I appreciate that. And the check's in the mail, right? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's what we want. Got to start out with the laugh. That's what it's all about. I love it. (laughs) So, um, So, Lynn, I know you've been keeping extremely busy over these past few months and especially these past couple of weeks. Um, Can you give us sort of a a general update on what you've been up to work-wise? Yeah, um... Yeah, it's been a wild ride, as 2020 has been for everyone, of course. But um, I I booked two movies, not one, but two films in Australia. Um, <laughs> so I've been working on those for the last few months, which has just been an absolute dream. Um, obviously, we, have, we were in lockdown for a few months in L.A. Uh, and... Uh, you know, everything like the World Poker Tour, we've been so busy online now. So that was keeping me busy. And I was just kind of happy at home, making my content with my green screen at home and producing, you know, videos and things and reporting on our events that were happening. Happen- having. And, um, and then suddenly I got this audition come up for a film that was shooting in Australia. And I thought, what? The world is on pause right now. Like, how on earth is anything going into production? This is crazy, but okay. So I did the audition and I sent it off and I thought, there's no way uh, I'll hear back from this because I'm on the other side of the world. The borders are closed, you know, with everything. Um, Australia has this quarantine thing where you've got to quarantine in a hotel for two weeks when you land. And there were just so many factors working against me that I, I really just... I, I couldn't believe it when I heard that the, the role was going my way. So um, it was a very exciting jolt in our, like we were just in our little bubble for three months and suddenly we're like, oh, my God. And what's even more exciting, Angel for Angel to come with me into Australia, um, the borders are closed to citizens only and wait, immediate wait, family. Oh, okay, so I know this story. We're going to get to it. Okay, I okay, I won't there. ruin. Okay. okay. No, I, I, well, I think I know the story, but I think there's some other details. So I'm going to cut that little part off there. That's me. And okay. that's a great teaser. So everyone's going to have to stay tuned, at least to the middle of the podcast. <laughs> I um, love it. Okay. But it's good. Uh, I'm happy to hear that you've been busy. I think busy is a, a great thing uh, to be saying. It's a true blessing, especially in these crazy times, to have things to keep you focused. And, and congrats on the... Uh, acting gig. We'll get uh, more into that later as well. Um, and you. obviously, you know, during this conversation, we'll be focusing on you. Uh, but I would be remiss if I didn't look through sort of like the, the Mike Sexton prism uh, just for a little bit. Um, of cool. course, the, the, the Cards Chat community joins me and you and the entire WPT family in mourning Mike's passing, but also in celebrating his life um, you hosted a one and a half hour special production on Mike's birthday, September 22nd. Um, it was absolutely wonderful. It was a, a real treat to watch. You know, it was like middle of the night here in Israel for me. So I know I, I really enjoyed it. It was worth staying up for. Um, 
Can you describe on your end what your preparation was like for that and how it felt to be involved in putting it together? Um, it was such an honor. I mean, uh, Mike's passing was just a horrendous jolt to our hearts. Um, and so when, when I, uh, Adam Pliska called and asked, you know, he had been meeting with the family and and uh, offered help from the World Poker Tour to host a, the ceremony uh, virtually because obviously given 2020, we couldn't have one in person at the moment. And um, when he called and, and asked if I would have the honour of emceeing the event, I just, I was floored. Like I couldn't, I just couldn't, I was just so overwhelmed with gratitude and, and the honour of being able to, to, to do that and um, I still can't even find words to be honest um, and so the preparation was overwhelming it's you know I, it was um, Mike is an extraordinary man and to there's just to try and plan something to celebrate him and to do anything remotely try in an attempt to match his extraordinary uh, presence that he had in the world um, is an impossible task, right? Sure. Um, and I just, I, I, it was just, it's just, it was just really hard. It was a hard couple of weeks, um, mm -hmm. but I felt like the ceremony went so beautifully, and so many people came together from the World Poker Tour and Mike's family and friends, and um, and I just think it just felt really, really beautiful, and I felt like it, it gave a, a gorgeous closure and. Um, and I'm, I'm just so grateful for the hours and hours and hours and hours of love that was shared, all the stories that were shared. Matt Savage hosted this, the reception afterwards, yeah. seven-hour reception. And yeah. it was just a literal full day of storytelling, which is exactly what Mike asked for. It's exactly what he wanted. And, um, you know, and he even had a preview of it himself with Mike Mattisau's yeah. um, tribute, which was so wonderful. And he watched every minute of that and loved it. So sure. um, he wanted something like that for his celebration of mm -hmm. life. and. And we gave it to him. Well, I think that your sentiments would be echoed pretty much by everyone, both who participated as well as who watched it. And I know, uh, you know, it really was perfect in a sense, you know, like as perfect as it could be, like you said, in lieu of an in-person event. But in a way, you know, the fact that it was virtual did allow everyone from all over the world to, to participate in it, you know, regardless of their time zones. There, there was something, you know, kind of a silver lining um, in that yes. way. Um, and I do, I agree. I, yeah. And I, and I do, obviously, you know, we, we talk about the tribute is not like a, about a mic or a mic tribute or anything, but I do have to ask one other thing that, you know, something very cool that I saw, um, and, you know, it hadn't been released up until just afterwards. It was a, a one hour special, the dinner with Mike, uh, that you filmed right after he announced, uh, his departure from the WPT, uh, for party poker, um, it, you know, it, it, the footage had sort of been sitting on the cutting room floor, and then all of a sudden we got the treat to see it. And you know, everyone, after you go ahead and uh, and watch uh, this podcast, uh, I hope you go ahead and tune into that on the WPT's YouTube channel. Um, I imagine that at the time, but even especially now, perhaps it's uh, a memory that you kind of treasure. Um, can you share what it was like to be dining with Mike that evening? Oh, I was grieving that evening too because him leaving the World Poker Tour was heartbreaking. Um, 
And so I was so emotional about him leaving because I just couldn't imagine the, our events without his big smiling face there and his energy there. Thankfully, though, even after he did leave, though, he played as many WPTs as he could, so he was right. there so often <laughs> anyhow. So it still felt like he was on the tour, so that was a treat. Um, but, yeah, that was a really beautiful um, evening, just sitting down with the sole purpose of just just talking about his life and his stories. And he always impressed me so much with the amount of detail he could remember in his storytelling. And he would be telling you stories from 30, 40 years ago and he just remembered so many details. He had such a skill in storytelling and uh, his memory was so impressive and he yeah. never missed a beat and he, he was so quick. Like sometimes, you know, when you're talking to him, you might think, oh, he, he didn't hear that or something, but, oh, he did. Like he'll, And then he'll, he'll just come back with a quick response so he'll never miss a beat to give a little needle to someone or, uh, you know, he just – and that's obviously why he was such a brilliant poker player because he just his mind was so sharp sure. and he just really really absorbed details and mm -hmm. and retained them and uh, yeah so his stories are, are, are wonderful and thankfully because of the internet and uh, the days that we live in now so many of his stories are recorded and um, we have that dinner and you know he has his own book which if you haven't read it's in an audiobook format and that's his own voice telling his own stories mm -hmm. um, I'll actually, yeah, actually just... have a copy right here there it is he's so proud of that book also. yeah and Life's a Gamble. It's a great book. Get it on Amazon or the D&B poker site. It's a, it's a great one. Um, what was for dinner? Out of curiosity, do you remember? I don't remember. <laughs> my, see, I'm, this is a ongoing thing with Mike. I'm a vegetarian. And so um, oh. he and he's just a steak and potatoes. He was always steak and potatoes. And this, this is the thing. Whenever him and Vince, so he and Vince had this, when they were on tour for 18 or 15 years, they were on tour together. Um, they go to steakhouses. Like that was just their thing all the time. And so sometimes they go along and I've been to so many steakhouses with them, which is just hilarious because I'm a vegetarian. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and so and it was always just kind of this little joke. Actually, we went on a trip to China and I finally was able to get my revenge and I took him to a vegetarian cooking class. <laughs> <laughs> he was petrified oh of this. Goodness of this plant-based meal he just didn't know how to handle it he was just the fear in his eyes and he was looking at it it was so funny um yeah but so i would have had something vegetarian and he would have been needling me somehow for it probably and, and asking uh, <laughs> that you should have it with ketchup if i recall all the stories correctly. yes he would have had the <laughs> finest steak on the menu there we're at bellagio he would have had the finest piece and then the ketchup all over it sure. yeah absolutely Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad that uh, we had a, a little opportunity to reminisce here about some good memories. Um, and speaking of reminiscing, you know, we got to talk uh, about your career, Lynn. Uh, let's dial it back a little. Um, for those who may not be familiar with your earlier work, you got your start in the poker world uh, doing marketing for Crown Casino in Melbourne, Australia. And then you moved on to become one of the excellent presenters for Poker News. Um, what, if anything, do you miss about those earlier jobs? Um, oh, well, I feel like I'm still doing a lot of them uh, mm. right now. Um, I learned so much in those jobs that I'm still, that I'm still, that, like the skills that I learned there, I, I'm still using today. So I still feel like I am doing that. Mm -hmm. um, 
marketing is is where I started and it my brain is just always thinking uh on a marketing level um I'm always noticing things like that I love making websites and I love uh I love creating brands and so I'm still doing that and I still I'm always talking with the WPT marketing team and and working with them on things and I always actually tell if anyone ever wants to get into you know hosting presenting or any kind of uh public speaking or anything like that a marketing degree is very helpful it's a very like general just to, um, to get an understanding of of um like a broad understanding of, of business and then also communicating to an audience it's super helpful so um there's that and then also with the reporting that i was doing at poker news i still am kind of doing it now at the moment you know i'm producing my own videos which is what i was doing at poker news now that we're in lockdown all over the world and everything's gone online. I'm just making videos from home. Every Sunday I have a video now on, on World Poker Tour called This Week on the WPT because we just have so much happening throughout the year all the time yeah. um, from our different departments, from a live tour online, uh, from our sponsorship events and all sorts of different aspects of, of the company. So it kind of like ties it all together. So again, mm. I'm still sort of doing, I'm still doing that. So yeah, it's um it's nice to still be doing similar thing and, and just constantly trying to improve my ways of doing things. Just that's good. Yeah. <laughs> and you clearly enjoy it. You know, that that's that's such an important uh integral component of any sort of work. It's like, well, there's a task you have to do, but it's like, oh no, I want to do this and I want to do it great. And that certainly shows um in the final product. Um and, and you know. You. And, and we do see, look, we see all the world poker tours and products. We see your videos, but there is a lot of hard work that goes in to those edited, post-produced few minutes each time. Um, yes. What what aspects of your job, of your role, do you find most challenging behind the scenes? And what's most fulfilling to you? Oh, I love these questions. Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> I really enjoy, so I think I have, I think I must have like a controlling personality because I love learning the entire cake. You know, I want to learn how to make the whole cake. I don't want to just learn one, the icing and leave everything else. I like to understand how all of the parts come mm. together. So it is fun for me, um, even though I'm not like an extraordinarily talented editor or anything like that. And I don't want to get to a pro level, but I love learning how to edit just because then when you have an understanding of how all the parts move, um, it helps you in the, the part that you hone in on. You just have a better understanding of how it all pieces together and how, what everyone's jobs um, is like and how you can support it. So I really enjoy having the the freedom and, and the ability these days, thanks to just being able to YouTube uh, to troubleshoot how to do something uh, on a soft on a piece of software where, you know, 10 years ago you had to get a university degree to learn how to do things like this. It's, right. it's pretty amazing. So that's very rewarding to me to, to be able to just keep learning and developing my skills and um, so producing stuff and creating stuff on my own. I, I really, really love that. And I love that the WPT gives me the, just total creative freedom to do what I want in, in terms of that. They really trust me and they, um, they just allow me to, yeah. If, if I have an idea, they're like, sure. They're like they just, Adam Bliska, he, he just loves to throw things at the wall and see what sticks. And he's not afraid to step outside of the box and, um, and, and he, he leads in that way too. He allows sure. us to, to do the same. So, so that is awesome. As for challenging, what's the most challenging? Oh, 
We're probably I'll give, that I'll, too. I'll give you a minute. I'll give you a minute. You have to think of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for the, those who don't most... know, by the way, Adam Pliska is the president of the WBT. Oh, yes. Maybe we'll have him on on a, on a future podcast. Hashtag foreshadowing. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, the, the most challenging part of my job has always been bust out interviews. That's just always been the hardest. I cringe at having to do the, the pressure that sits on you when you have to walk up to someone who has just busted out of a $100,000 buy-in tournament with a microphone and a camera and a light, you know, and, and, and didn't chat with them. Uh, that's always been the hardest part of my job. But, um you know, it, it, it especially when it's in the high roller events because it's it's a hundred thousand dollars that they bought in for, right? Nice. We had a tour called the Alpha A, and that was my role where I had to interview them all as they were busting out, and oh, it was just exhausting. But I mean, when they when they're at that level, they're almost expecting it. It's another day at the office type thing, so it was right. always fine. But I still just just trying to find, and, and I'm sure you relate to this too. It's just like trying to find that balance of, oh, you got to do, you got to get you got to do the job, you got to get it done, but then you want to respect where they're at and like just finding that nice balance is, is, is a task. Of course. I have to admit, I've never done a bust out interview, but I have made it a point just uh, in identification uh, with all of the players to bust out of every tournament that I play in. So I do try my best, you know, so that it resonates. Um, but uh, I, I have avoided the, the bust out interview. I know that's very challenging. Oh, well done. <laughs> but, <Keep it> up. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't, if you look at the hand in mob, I don't have one. That's why. That's what it's all about. <laughs> um, well, of course, as, as crazy as, as 2020 has been for the world, um, for you, Lynn, it seems like it's been a pretty darn good year uh, overall. Um, I want to start with, you know, well, this year started with the induction, uh, your induction into the Australian Poker Hall of Fame. It was only in January, but I imagine it probably feels like years ago already. I cannot um, believe that was this year. Right? Wow. I can't, yes. Wow. Um, <laughs> what, what does it? Yeah, so let's take a moment. Let's let's. Uh, wow, wow, it was only January. But um, what what does it mean to you to have already earned such a, an incredible accolade, but simultaneously still have many decades of, of productivity and creativity lying ahead of you? Many people only get involved, you know, in, inducted into halls of fame towards the end of their careers. You know, you're <laughs> you're very much still at the, at the you know the beginning part of it. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I know that. And that's when I, I was so flabbergasted when I when I found out. I was like, are you kidding? Like the, when you look at the Australian Poker Hall of Fame, it's just full of absolute legends. Um, and 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 all of these people when I first started in poker were the ones that I was just like, you know, I'd just idolize, look up to. I was terrified to walk up to them and ask for an interview, just this new kid on the block, like, hi, I'm Lynn, you know, and now I'm standing alongside them at my ceremony. I couldn't believe it. Um, it also just freaked me out to think because the criteria to, to be inducted is that you've uh, been within the poker industry for a minimum of a decade. And mm. the fact that I have been in the poker industry for well over a decade blows my mind. Um, where does time go, Robbie? Where does it go? <laughs> <laughs> so long as we're enjoying what we do, that's the whole plot. Yeah. You know, the years do fly by, but in a good way, I think. Yeah, totally. But that was just such an honour. Um, and also that the ceremony was there where my career started, which was there at Crown, mm. and I had uh, 
the the team that I worked with originally, um, they all came down uh, for the ceremony. So we all kind of had this beautiful reunion and we had this long lunch and some uh, folks from WPT were there as well, Angelica Hale and mm-hmm. her husband, Ozzy, they, they're from Melbourne as well. So they were able to come too. So I felt like I had, you know, a bunch of, um, and the, my actual family, my parents were there right. too. So I just had so many important parts of uh my world there uh, come together and we had a gorgeous lunch. It was a nine hour lunch that we had afterwards and it That's, was the best wow. day. That's breakfast, lunch and dinner. My goodness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it was the best. Great. That's an amazing memory to have. Um, yeah. and, and speaking of memories and, you know, everyone who's stayed tuned in from that beginning teaser, now's the time to, to put that story out there. Obviously uh, another massive life event that you had this year, you got married right at the yes. end of May. So, uh, first of all, congratulations to you and to, to Angel. Um, Thank I, you. yeah. And I, as I alluded to earlier, I remember listening to the story of your, your whirlwind wedding in Las Vegas. I think it was on the poker news podcast. Uh, and you flew to Australia, but I want to hear, I, I think it bears repeating, and maybe there's some additional uh, wrinkles of that story that you could reflect on now that you sort of like, it's a few months, uh, you know, behind you now, you know, what's this whole thing been like? What's that whirlwind story? I'd, I'd love to hear it again. Uh, yeah, I love telling it. It's my favorite story. So thanks, mm-hmm. Robbie. Sure. Um, so it all, ha- so my, so Angel and I, have been together for nine and a half years so Mm. we were always married by heart and that's what we would always say people would always say to us why aren't you married yet and because our families are sprawled all over the world I was born in Ireland so my extended family's in Ireland and then my family and all my best friends are in Australia and then we have friends in the states and then his family's all in Mexico so the idea of bringing together at least four countries was just so overwhelming so it was something that we're always like yeah yeah someday we will Mm. um and Anyhow, then we were in lockdown in LA for a few months and then boom, out of nowhere, this movie comes up that I book in Australia. And so I'm like, oh my God. And and, and it moves really fast. Like once you book a film, like I had to be pretty much on the next flight because it was only one flight a week into oh, Australia wow. at the time. Wow. Um, and so I had to sort of get on the next one. And so, but then because the borders were shut uh, to a citizens only and immediate family, we needed to be married. So we decided on the Wednesday that we were flying, oh, that we were driving to Vegas on the Friday and getting married. And there was obviously no accommodation open because everything was closed right. on May 22nd. Um, and so we drove to Vegas and back in the same day, we drove there in the morning. And then, and miraculously, I already had like a white dress that I had from like this beach holiday last year. So I was like, perfect, <laughs> I'm going to wear it. I'm going to wear this white dress. And when Angel saw what I was wearing, he's like, hang on a minute, but what, what am I going to wear? Because all we, all he had packed was ISO clothes because he flew into sure. LA from Mexico with the intention of just being in lockdown. So, you know, he had pajamas. So, but then I had got him this awesome epic t-shirt for Christmas last year that said, I paused my game to be here, which is so oh, appropriate. He just plays awesome. poker flat out. For so sure. he wore that, which was so fitting. And so we drove over and then we had a drive-through wedding, COVID approved. So then we didn't have to take, uh, we didn't have to wear masks. So we were in the car and we pulled up to a window as if we were pulling up to McDonald's to order fries. <laughs> and we got married through the car window and we recorded it so that we have it there. So I know exactly the length. It was six minutes, our ceremony. It was the most romantic six minutes of our life. And oh, it was fantastic. And then we drove back, we got sushi and ate it in the car and then drove back to LA and I'll tell you, I swear, when I first went to Vegas like 10 years ago, I remember seeing all of the chapels and I remember thinking 
that is so tacky. I would never do that. No way. You know, like, <laughs> and now it was the greatest way to get married. It was so romantic because it was just us. There was no stress. We had no, you know, there was no schedule and um, it just was beautiful. We sat in the car together and we were just dreaming up our future. And, wow. you know, of course it would be beautiful to be celebrating with all our loved ones there, but we'll do that at another time. We'll have a party. But to have it just where it was just literally us isolated for the day, it was very romantic. That's so adorable. I loved it. It's an amazing <laughs> story. And look, I got to say, I've been married, wow, uh, 17, uh, 18 years already. I will tell you, a four, four and a half hour drive there and another four and a half hour drive back. If you can survive that together, you can certainly survive at least 18 years together. So, And, <laughs> yeah. and you know, and then right after, because we flew to Australia, right. we had to then do quarantine. So we were calling it our quarantine moon, but it was our free honeymoon paid for by the Australian government in a five-star hotel doing quarantine. Quarantine, and if, you, and, and if you can survive two weeks of quarantine in a teeny tiny hotel room with no windows to open, no escape at all, um, and so the fact that we were able to glide through that with not a single fight for two weeks, I think we're set for life. I think that's wonderful. <laughs> well, congratulations. It's an amazing story, and it should just be uh, the first of many, many happy memories as an officially married couple for you. Um, Post-quarantine, you guys took a road trip honeymoon across Australia. What was that like? And had you ever done that before? Uh, no, we haven't. And you know what? It got stopped in because, so the plan oh. was, not that it got stopped, but it, it for a good reason, because I booked another film. So I had come to oh. Australia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we flew to Australia because I booked a film. It's called This Little Love of Mine, and it should come out early next year. Uh, and it's it's like a romantic comedy uh, for for. It's kind of like a teen film. I think it's very cute. And um, so we filmed that. It was a blast. And mm -hmm. then afterwards, then we were like, because Melbourne, which is where our next stop was going to be to go visit my parents, they went into lockdown. And so right. we thought, okay, so we'll just hang out in Queensland because um, life is still pretty normal up in Queensland. And they, they, there's pretty much no active cases. Um, and there hasn't really been many at all all year. So we thought, okay, we'll stay in Queensland. We'll hire a car and and drive up the coast of Queensland because it's pretty huge and it's beautiful. It's all beachy and lovely. So that was the plan. And we, we got the car and we made one stop. We went from Brisbane to Gold Coast, which is literally a one-hour drive. That's it. And then I booked a second film. And so then I had to then, so because of that, <laughs> I just had to fly right back up to far north Queensland, which is where I filmed the other film, and so went back up again. So we actually never did the road trip. Our road trip oh. lasted one hour. Oh, I didn't realize. <laughs> I saw the picture, and I was like, oh, I wonder why, yeah. what's, what's about this road trip? It got, oh, very interesting. Okay. Well, how was we Brisbane and how was the Gold Coast? Was that okay? Was that enjoyable? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's actually where we are now. Uh, we came oh. back here. Uh, I love the Gold Coast. It's it's right in the centre sort of of Australia on the east coast, mm -hmm. and um just the weather is perfect, but then it's it's still like a city. So it's like a beach town, but a big city merged into one. And right. um, they've got a beautiful casino here, the Star Gold Coast, which is actually where the World Poker Tour, where we have oh, our right. events. So it's mm -hmm. our Aussie home. So right. I sort of feel like this is a perfect place to just plant ourselves at the moment. 
That's fantastic. And, you know, I'm sure most of our, uh, I believe, overwhelmingly American audience, it's important to distinguish. We're not referring to the Gold Coast, which is across the street to the Rio, two very, very different properties. All respect to the Gold Coast. I've stayed there many, many, many nights, uh, but two very different properties. I would (laughs) recommend, I haven't been to the one in Australia, but I would recommend going there. Um, So I have to to do it. Um, (laughs) Lynn, we've, uh, we've spoke a little bit about this before, but I do want to get back into it because it's just, um, it's it's really something to marvel at. Um, Obviously, a lot of work has gone into the whole in real life to digital transition that the World Poker Tour has made, but you guys have pivoted so gracefully and, and so seamlessly into everything online, everything digital during this pandemic. Uh, it's really admirable. Obviously, we spoke about all the videos that you've done. Um, you spoke about, you know, hearkening back to your experience with poker news, but what has sort of that transition been like for you? You know, you used to be going to all of the events, you used to be going to the HyperX sports or esports arena in Las Vegas, doing everything live, and now you're just in front of a green screen. Um, what's that like for you? Yeah. Uh, at first, it, at first, to be honest, I kind of enjoyed just the the stillness for a little moment because so I have this app where I track my I send all my flight itineraries to it and it tells me how many miles I've flown in as long as I've been tracking and so for the last I think I started in 2011 using this app and I've circled the planet 54 times oh my god yes uh, it's like something like 1.2 million miles or something outrageous so for those first few months I was like you know what I'm pretty excited to just put my suitcase away and get into a good routine of cooking and being you know and and then you know and 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 honing into new skills because uh when you're on the road and you're whizzing around I don't have time to sit in front of my laptop editing videos for you know eight ten hours or something um which is how long it takes to edit videos so wait you're saying uh, like a three minute video that we see takes eight to ten hours it could, it can sometimes, yeah. It ta- can take a long time depending on how much is involved in the video. Wow. But um, just even just to I set up the that like, that's, that's incredible. And, you know, I, I hope all of our whole audience is just like standing up and applauding. That's that's unbelievable. Good for you. Wow. Match, match respect there. Thank you. And I mean, a lot of it too, once you become an expert, you know, if you hire us, it's not going to take that long. But because I'm sort of teaching myself as well as I go, um, also just a setup because I'm moving and I'm hopping around from Airbnbs and hotel rooms at the moment, like popping up the green screen and trying to get enough pillows to balance it right and then getting the right light in front of the right window. Like all of that sure. in itself takes like an hour. Sure. It's um, There's a lot that goes into it. It's um, it's quite a beast, but it's a, it's a fun challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but that's that that's kind of what the main transition has been is just this just this honing in new skills and and exploring this new realm which is really the direction that we were always going in, in a way obviously mm-hmm. aligned with real life right. but now it's just been sort of sped up to go completely virtual for a while and sure. i guess the the positive that's going to come out of that once we return back to real life we've enhanced our virtual life in such mm-hmm. an amazing way that we're kind of just like I feel like we've just accelerated it like five, 10 years of growth, what we would have had had this not happened in terms of what we can do online now. So um, who knows? I think hopefully, you know, when when we go back, it's just lots of positives can hopefully come from this. 
I love that. It's a great outlook. Um, and, and, you know, about positive outlook, it does uh, certainly lead into uh, my final question. You didn't see it in advance, uh, but uh, it's a really nice uh, dovetail, good segue there. Um, when we first met, Lynn, in South Florida a, a few weeks, a few years back, um, I remember asking you in an interview about your motto, uh, hashtag life is good. And as mentioned in the introduction to this podcast, you are genuinely uh, one of the most positive people in the poker industry. Um, And you might be a burgeoning actress, but that positivity, that smile that you see here on video, it's not an act. Um, So with that said though, with that said, I'm sure that even you have your up days and you have your down days. But what I'm hoping with our last question here is that you could perhaps give our Cards Chat community a few words of inspiration with all of this craziness, with this whole pandemic and you know the world upside down, how can we nonetheless aspire to fulfill that motto of, of life is good? I love this question. I think um, I think the easiest shortcut to trying to help pull ourselves out of whatever funk we might be in, or um, um, we know when we're having our down days because we all have them is just gratitude like it's just and and I feel like it's cliche saying it because it just sounds like an Instagram quote but it's <laughs> <laughs> but it is true and that's why we keep hearing it if you when you our perception is is what dictates how we feel about so many things and um you often our in our good days we're perceiving things in a much more positive light and it's on our bad days that we're seeing more of what's missing or we're seeing more of what's wrong um and it's just about training the brain in the same way that we train our biceps at the gym you have to you have to do it repeatedly you can't just go to the gym once and suddenly look like hulk, the hulk like you need to keep going right, right. And, and it's a it's a it's a slow process it's a grind and it's the same with um with with the brain to sort of keep it a little bit more in control because it's so easy with the influences that we have especially right now when the media and when the story that's going on in the world right now is so fear driven um that our brain kind of keeps going that way and we are built that way too because we're animals in in a in the wild and we're built to sort of protect ourselves so we are going to look at what's wrong because we're going to need to protect and and I think just constantly looking rather than trying to see what's missing, trying to see what's wrong, what's right? Are you taking a big, deep breath right now? How lucky are you right now? Because there are a lot of people with lungs that are not working very well right now. Yeah, you taking a nice, big, deep breath. Do you have two feet to walk on? Like there's just things that that so many people don't have that we take for granted and we don't know until we've lost it just how much we we needed that and we that how grateful um how much easier it made our life and uh it's just so easy to take our our bodies for granted and and what we have for granted um by this sort of comparison mode that we're all in all the time with social media and with tv and um just bringing it back bringing it back to yourself and the 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 amazing machine that is our body that we are gifted with and um just just back to basics as much as you can. That's a great yeah. answer. And thank you. And I, you know, on a personal level, it's important for me to hear these words. I think we can, you know, I'm going to be listening back to this and watching it again. It's a, it's a great message. It's an important message. Um, and thank you. I appreciate that. You aced the test. Uh, that's all of my <laughs> questions, Lynn. But 
Um, in our final segment of the show, what we always do, uh, we turn to our Cards Chat community and we want to see what questions you guys out there wanted to ask our guests. Uh, just a couple questions this time from uh, our community member, Shells. Um, so question number one from Shells, Lynn, who are, uh, again, we're going we're gonna to pin you down this one. Who, who, are, who are your favorite poker players and why? Oh, well, my husband, Anhao Guillen, is absolutely my favorite poker of player. Of course, <laughs> of course he is. Right? Am, I, am I allowed to say anyone else? You are, um, yes. He is amazing. He's Mexico's number one poker player, and I'm so proud of him. And he actually, he might not know this, he works for the World Poker Tour. He does right. the Spanish commentary. So mm -hmm. basically they recreate our show in Spanish, and uh, he... Uh, he and his uh, one of our dear friends, Santiago, they do the commentary. So they're, they're like Mike and Vince, Tony, Vince rolls. Right. Um, and yeah, and I love that that we both host the same show. I think that's cute. Uh, so he's my favorite poker player, Mike okay. Sexton. Mike Sexton takes a very close second. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, we'll get into Shell's uh, second and final question here. Um, what do you like to do? away from the poker scene. And I suppose if I can hone it a little bit, let's say beyond the things, activities, acting, et cetera, that, you, that you've already uh, mentioned on today's show. Oh, I just love, so I'm finding out in my adult life that I am a creative person. I never realized that I was at school, I think because I went to a very creative school, um, which is full of theatrical actors which I'm not I can't sing so um I could never do theater so so I thought I wasn't an actor I gave up actually as a kid and um and I rediscovered acting again in my 30s and same with creativeness I, I there was a huge arts community at my high school also and these were incredible artists painting murals and things and so because I couldn't do that I was like, well, I'm not an artist. And so I was very like, I did accounting, legal studies, psychology, math. I did like advanced math and computers. I was very that, like, I just wasn't creative at school at all. Sure. Um, and so now only in like the last five years, I'm realizing I am actually an extremely creative person. And so I'm always trying to, and, and it's playful and I've, but all humans are creative and in their own way. And that's also what I'm realizing. What my mm -hmm. creativity looks is very different to yours, Robbie. And it's very yep. different to everyone who's watching. Some people are very creative on Excel spreadsheets. You know, it doesn't have to be a painting a mural. And so that's what I'm having fun with. I'm constantly trying to just do something that's creative and it looks completely different each day. Like whether it is a painting that might be rubbish, but it's just fun to mash colors together. <laughs> sure. um, or if it's, it's like, you know, painting a pot in the garden or I'm gardening or I'm just rearranging my furniture or anything. I just love to, uh, I quote that changed my life actually is life is art. And, and I Ooh. love to live by this way, which kind of ties in with your last question as well. Like about going back to gratitude, but also looking at your life as an art piece. Oh. Helena Bonham Carter said this, this, uh, quote, and it's, it's, um, it's a long one, but it's just like life is art. She looks at everything as art, like the way she walks, the way she writes, the way she brushes her hair, the way she, and it, and it, the way she makes her tea. And when you look at life in that way, it makes it so much more fun. And mm. why would we not? Why would we not look at our life as a great ginormous art piece? Because it is, you know, just, and then if, if making your cup of tea, then suddenly you just slow down because you're, you're paying more attention to what it is that you're doing. So 
that's what I like to do outside of everything. That's, an <laughs> that's awesome a very long answer. answer. <laughs> no, that's a great answer. And I'm really happy to hear that. And look, we only had two questions from our forum members. That's a, uh, first of all, thank you very much, Shells, for, for sending in those questions. And just a reminder to all of you guys out there in Cards Chant Land on the, in the community and on the forums, we'd love to see you submit your questions for future podcast guests and we can hear more uh, interesting uh, artistic nuggets from uh, from our interviewees. Uh, there is a dedicated thread for it on the forums, guys. And of course, uh, please be sure to give us a good review on iTunes and spread the word about this podcast via your social media channels if you like the show. Thank you very much, Lincoln Martin. Thank you thank all. You. Yeah, thank you all for, for tuning in to another episode of the Cards Chat Podcast. I'm Robbie Straczynski. You can follow me on Twitter at Card Player Life. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community.